Resurrection Day. This morning, I want to open up with an interesting verse from Jonah. Jonah chapter 1, verse 17, it says, But the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish three days and three nights. So what does that have to do with Resurrection Sunday? Fast forward to Matthew. In Matthew chapter 12, verses 38 through 40. Then some of the Pharisees and teachers of the law said to him, Teacher, we want to see a miraculous sign from you. Jesus answered, A wicked and adulterous generation asks for a miraculous sign, but none will be given it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. There we have the foretelling of Resurrection Sunday. As you can see, I'm flanked here with the, the palm branches from Palm Sunday, the palm uh, trees that we have here, and also the sweet-smelling um, Easter lilies that we have here as well, the white lilies. Representation of what happened during this Holy Week when Jesus came in to Jerusalem. And everything was fantastic. There was a big party going on. They were putting palm branches down. They were putting their cloaks down. Jesus came into town on a donkey, which is significant because a donkey was a symbol of peace. Jesus did not come riding into town on a horse because a horse is a sign of war. But Jesus came in representing the Prince of Peace. Now as Jesus came into town, everybody is excited. But they're all excited for the wrong reason. They're thinking that Jesus is coming to town to overthrow the Roman government. Which is what they wanted to have happen. That's not what Jesus came into town for. He had something bigger. He had something more grandeur for everybody. It wasn't about the government. It was about our own salvation that was at stake. So as Jesus comes into town and everybody's excited and they're seeing him, time progresses during this holy week. And as time goes on, the big crowds suddenly start to diminish. And they start leaving. They're not seeing this kingly person coming in to overthrow the government. They're seeing this humble servant coming into town. Little did he know, little did they know, 
that Jesus was out for them to try to help them out to ensure salvation for everybody. Suddenly, Jesus is before Caesar. And Jesus is being put on trial. All of a sudden, all these people that were happy suddenly are turning against Jesus. <clears throat> From the heavenly realms of singing Hosanna to the highest, suddenly everybody was saying, Crucify him! Crucify him! How the tide had changed. And suddenly, Jesus was on trial and found, well, actually, he really wasn't found guilty. Wash his hands. I find no fault in him. Looks at the people, the king, and says, hey, what do you want to do with this man? Crucify him. They put a purple robe on Jesus, which is also significant, because purple was a sign of royalty. A purple robe and a crown of thorns placed upon his head. Jesus, the Son of God, is being mocked, being tortured for us. Then comes the day of trial and the day of conviction, and Jesus is put on the cross. Now, I don't know about you, but as we look at our hands, imagine, you know, you got to realize, Jesus was human, like you and me. He was human. So he has the same feelings as human beings. And they pounded nails. I, it, it makes me cringe to think about what they, what they did. To the Son of God and the Son of Man. They put a nails through his hand and his feet to hang on the cross. The pain, the excruciating pain that Jesus is going through. They have him on the cross. One of the thieves on the cross says, Remember me in paradise. Jesus said he would remember him today.
Jesus is up on the cross in pain. It was written in the scripture also. See, when you were up on the cross, they had to basically go through, after a certain period of time, and break their legs so that they would die quicker. But it was written in the scripture that not a bone would be broken in Jesus' body. Because he had given up the spirit before that time had come. But there's something else I want to point out. Some of the most important words that Jesus states that we have to remember ourselves and we need to tell other people as well. Jesus said up on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And in his excruciating pain, Jesus tells the Father, forgive them. I don't know about you, but I think for a lot of people, they're not in excruciating pain, but yet they cannot forgive. And yet we say in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our trespasses, forgive us as we forgive those who trespass against us. We are to forgive. Jesus forgave those who were persecuting him. And then Jesus gave up his spirit and died on the cross. What happens next is perhaps the most important event ever. More so than just even the birth of Jesus. More so than, than the, the death of Jesus. Because what happens next It's about our future. It is so important. It's recorded in all four of the Gospels. And I'm actually going to read through those. Because I think it's interesting how each one puts a little different spin on it. In Matthew, very last chapter of Matthew actually, chapter 27... After the Sabbath at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. 
He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. In Mark, we have the resurrection recorded in chapter 16. Again, it's the last chapter of Mark. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early in the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other who would roll a stone away from the entrance of the tomb. But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb, they said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. When Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had driven seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him and who were mourning and weeping. When they heard that Jesus was alive and that she had seen him, they didn't even believe it. Jesus told the disciples that he was going to be dead and would rise from the dead. Yet they didn't get it. The resurrection according to the book of Luke, chapter 24. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down and with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. And now, according to the book of John, the other ones were highlighted as 
the resurrection. This one is titled The Empty Tomb. John chapter 20. Early in the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't recognize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking he was a gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father and to my God and to your God. The Empty Tomb That's what this is about. The em empty tomb means that Jesus, the Son of God, death cannot hold him back. A tomb could not hold him back. Because, you see, he had to defeat death. He had to defeat, defeat the power of the devil. 
All of this was part of the game plan orchestrated back in Genesis when we were given all the gloriness and a simple command that we could not even adhere to but had to disobey. All of this from Genesis through Revelation is about Jesus Christ, is about us, and about the promise of everlasting life. The empty tomb represents the fact that death will have no dominion over us. Death has been defeated. There is yet to come our resurrection. Paul talks about that in 1 Corinthians. In chapter 15, Paul says, Now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel. I preached to you what you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preached to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you, as of the first importance that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter, and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to many more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Notice how Paul says they didn't die, they just fell asleep. Then Jesus appeared to James and to all the other apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. And you can go on and keep reading there in 1 Corinthians about the resurrection of the dead as recorded in the Bible. The empty tomb. That is what today is about. It is about Jesus Christ's resurrection from the dead so our sins are wiped clean we can forgive, as Jesus said up on the cross, Father, forgive them, so we too can forgive our friends and our neighbors and those who, have, who we may have hurt. We must forgive them as well. And we have to say, I forgive you. If Jesus can say up, under excruciating pain, Father, forgive them. Certainly we can forgive our brothers and sisters as well. 
That's part of humanity. We, we have all fallen short of the glory of God. And because of that, that's why Jesus had to go through all of that for us. And we should be so excited that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. <laughs> that, that, that's the most exciting news that can be possible to come out of our lips. And we should be celebrating. Hosanna to the highest. Jesus has defeated death for us. And that we have the power of the resurrection inside of us through Jesus Christ. His blood has, has forgiven us up on the cross. So while we, while we go from one extreme of, of the torture that Jesus went through to the other extreme where Jesus is risen from the dead and we have the empty tomb symbolizing the fact that Jesus is alive. And so we too are also going to be alive there will be the great resurrection that is yet to come. Those who have gone on before us, they will be resurrected as well. Remember the story about Lazarus being dead for four days? <clears throat> Didn't matter. Jesus was able <clears throat> excuse me, to raise him up after four days. And Jesus himself raised himself up through the power of the Holy Father and defeated death. It's, <clears throat> it's so important to note that this is Resurrection Sunday. It's not about the Easter eggs, the Easter bunny, or some of the other traditions of mankind that have been raised up through generations of paganism, but rather it's about our salvation. You see, had Jesus not been raised, as Paul continues on in his reading in 1 Corinthians there, if Jesus had not been raised from the dead, everything would have changed. But the fact that he did proves that God Almighty loves us wants to have our sins forgiven, wants us to live an eternal life with Jesus Christ up in heaven, a new heaven and a new earth that is yet to come. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. God is good. And so for the good news for today is that the tomb is empty. Jesus has been raised from the dead. Death has no dominion. Death has been conquered through Jesus Christ. And because of Jesus Christ, we too will be saved. Because of Jesus Christ, we will be raised also on the last day with the resurrection.
Doesn't get any better than that. Remember, today is about the resurrection. As, I, as we read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those readings, three of them have the headings of the resurrection, but under the last one, John says, they put the heading on there, the empty tomb. And that's, our tomb will be empty one day as well. In the meantime, have a great day. Remember when you're out and about with your friends, I challenge you. This is a challenge. Not to say, Happy Easter. But rather, Happy Resurrection Day. You can understand why I might say that. Easter is, is more the paganism world. But the resurrection comes from God. Resurrection, that's what it's about. Have yourself a happy Resurrection Day. And God bless. Amen.